research has shown that when more women work, economies grow. Women's economic empowerment also boosts productivity, income equality, and development outcomes. Yet the COVID-19 pandemic has cast a cloud over the economic outlook for women. In this podcast, ADBI capacity building and training economist Pichaya Sirivunabut describes the impacts of COVID-19 on women in the economy and policy next steps in Asia, including the importance of addressing gender gaps in digital literacy, social investment, and regulation. The discussion draws upon the recommendations presented to policymakers from the region during a recent Healthy Women, Healthy Economies conference organized by Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, or APAC. Hi, Pichaya. Thanks for joining Asia's Developing Future. To begin, can you explain how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected women differently than men in Asia? The COVID-19 affects women's life and livelihood differently. It has caused both job and income losses more for women, as we have seen significant declines in women employment and labor force participation. This could be because women tend to be more engaged in low productivity traditional sector or services, and they also have limited capital and skill accumulation. Also, in most countries in Asia, women are predominantly employed in informal sector, where social security is very limited. How have stay-at-home restrictions and measures restricting the movement of people contributed to an increase in gender inequality? The lockdown and mobility restriction create additional burden to women and girls, particularly as a family caretaker, without any payment or compensation in return. Moreover, due to the social and economic stress caused by the COVID-19 and strict lockdown rules, the evidence indicate an increase in gender-based violence. Girls aged from 15 to 19 years old were forced to have sex and facing unplanned and unwanted pregnancy. It's unfortunate to say that the COVID-19 crisis has reversed the progress of the gender equality made in the past years. What particular challenges do women face in the region's developing economies? Women are affected in various aspects. I want to highlight the three main areas here. First is the effect on women in business. This includes limited access to formal financing and lack of gender-inclusive entrepreneurship ecosystem. The causes are usually from lack of financial literacy, digital gap, and less ability to own mobile phones or computers, gender bias rule for banking application in some societies, and limited access to resources for business development. And the second aspect? Second is a gender inequality in the workplace. Three prominent forms are evident for unequal level participation, gender pay gaps, and underrepresentation of women in management and executive positions. In Asia, the average male labor force participation rate is about 75%, compared to 53% of female participation. When it comes to forms of employment, women employment share in the informal sector is much higher than men over the world. There is also gender bias in segmentation of jobs for those informal employment. Despite some progress in recent years, in 2019, the gender wage gap was still approximately 37%, while the income gap remained close at 51%. In other words, we could say that when it comes to the wage for a similar position, women make only 37% of what men get paid. And in terms of total income, both wage and non-wage income, women make only 51% of what men make. Okay, that's a huge gap. 
The most critical challenge is the underrepresentation of women in management positions, which can undermine their voice in decision making. In developing Asia, women remain underrepresented in managerial and registrative positions, possibly due to culture and tradition where women have a less commanding voice. So, women in developing Asia are facing multiple barriers to meaningful participation in economic decision making. Can you go on to the third aspect? The impact of COVID-19 on gender equality is significant, as the pandemic has lengthened the time needed to close the global gender gap from 99.5 years to 135.6 years. Women are economically and physically more vulnerable compared to men amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite the less stable economic and financial conditions, women were pushed to more unstable health situation, with a higher chance getting. Affected by the virus, as the majority of the healthcare workers are female, and most women are inevitably asked to take more responsibility to take care of elderly and young children in the family during the COVID-19 lockdowns. This increased care and domestic responsibility led to women' physical and emotional exhaustion. What is care economy, and how could investment in it boost gender equality and women's economic participation? Since women are culturally and also socially expected to be family caregivers, unpaid domestic and care workers are a major factor impacting women economic empowerment. A practical policy response is to provide more affordable and accessible care to reduce workloads and responsibility for women, while allowing them to participate more in the paid workforce. An increasing investment in the care economy is necessary to promote economic opportunities and help reduce the. Unpaid burden on women. Care and business advocacy for care businesses owned by women are benefiting women, including inclusive knowledge on regulations, workshops, and mentorship must be provided for their businesses. To complete the initiative of the care enterprises, government involved care system play an important role. For example, policy to promote establishment of the universal child care service system to assist women in. The workplace, good quality daycare for preschool children and nursing home for elderly, training program for care workers, reskilling program for unemployed female workers due to COVID-19, and policy reforms to support women in the urban areas. Many industries have accelerated digital transformation as a result of COVID-19. How is this impacting women in developing Asia, and what can governments do to help women cope with the impacts or changes caused by digitalization? As mentioned, women have limited access to resource compared to men. This leads to their limited digital skill and less ability to adopt and access new technology innovation. With the shift of economy towards digitalized businesses, women will need to strengthen their digital capacity to career opportunities and access to finance. As technology has advanced in recent years, information technology has become a vital tool for successful application and access to finance. Mobile. Phones and internet had become alternative mean for financial transaction via mobile banking, debit and credit cards, which can make direct payment from an account. The digital gap and less ability to own mobile phone exacerbate the already difficult situation for poor and less educated women. How can we close gender gaps in digital literacy? 
To respond to this challenge, particularly during the COVID-19 and the post-COVID-19 eras, digital skill and ability are essential for employment opportunities. It is important to equip women with the ability of internet use and digital literacy. ADB, for example, has launched the technical training programs to boost women's knowledge and capacity in fintech and energy technology, and also offer an online portal for knowledge sharing community. Some country-based practices and new measures are observed. For example, Japanese government aim at reskilling for digital transformation and employment support for single parents. China has initiated more than 400 online courses to strengthen women's ability for employment. What are ways to effectively convey post-COVID-19 gender challenges in economies to policymakers so we build back more inclusive economies and invest in women? The main message is to build the more gender-inclusive regulatory and policy frameworks to empower women in the economy and society. To do so, a transparency and accountability framework must be developed and adopted based on comprehensive gender-based data collection. This framework will help promote awareness and alignment of key indicators for women's economic empowerment. The recent important United Nations initiative was introduced for the seven principles that not only the policymakers, but also private sector can leverage to develop gender-inclusive regulations and policies. Can you unpack that a bit more? The UN Women has recommended these seven principles to promote gender equality and women empowerment in workplace, marketplace, and community. These include higher corporate partnerships that bring in executive agreement to incorporate gender-inclusive principles in corporate sustainability strategy, day-to-day operation, and organizational culture. It also includes practice to treat all women and men fairly at work without discrimination, employee health, well-being, and safety, education and training for career advancement, enterprise development, supply chain, and market practices, community initiative and advocacy, as well as the measurement and reporting process. In addition to gain the progress and success in women economic empowerment, international commitment are the key. This can be done through agreements, initiative, and guidelines developed by international organizations like the United Nations the International Labour Organization, the Asian Pacific Economic Collaboration Forum, as well as Asian Development Bank. To achieve the Sustainable Development Goal on Gender Equality or SDG 5, what is the biggest priority for women's economic empowerment? I would say to enhance gender diversity in leadership and the decision-making process for better design of the gender responsive policy in empowering women and achieving the sustainable development goal on gender equality or the SDG 5. It is crucial to mainstream gender in strategy and policy development. For gender responsive policy to be realized, women participation in decision-making process is mandatory. It is impossible to address all gender best issue if women are not involved in the process. An increase in the female percentage in leadership or management position in corporate and senior level government will allow more comprehensive gender responsive policy and regulations. It would not work just to increase a number of women in workplace if they cannot have a say in policy or decision-making process. Women can contribute to the improvement of the rules and policy by leveraging their experience and perspective. Can you give us some examples before we wrap up? 
good practices can be seen from some country in Asia. The Philippine Commission on Women, for example, introduced the harmonized gender and development guidelines to ensure adequate allocation of resources for the conduct of gender responsive activities. Another example is a good development from the Japanese policy. As a part of the 2021 intensive policy for women's empowerment and gender equality, Japan has set clear targets for the proportion of women in managerial positions. For private companies, the proportion of women is expected to reach 30% for section chief level, 18% for director level, and 12% for department manager level, while the number is expected to reach 12% of the women executive of listed company by 2025. We also see a high percentage of women in executive level in many important government agencies in countries like Thailand and Singapore. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.